0: Thanks for joining us today as we discuss some key elements of child-centered case management with Faith to Action Advisory Board member, Kelly Bunkers. Kelly is an international child protection and social welfare consultant. Welcome, Kelly, and thank you so much for joining us. Could you start by telling our listeners a little more about yourself and your work?
1: It's an absolute delight to be here talking with you. I have to admit that this is my first podcast, so I'm delighted that Faith to Action has provided me with this opportunity to talk about something that I'm so involved with and really passionate about. Uh, A little background about me. I work as a senior associate for Maestral International, and I have the privilege of working with many different organizations and institutions around the world that are dealing with child protection or alternative care issues. Most recently, I worked with a USAID Orphans and Vulnerable Children's Program called Coordinating Comprehensive Care for Children, or four children, which is a global project operating in thirteen countries and led by CRS, Catholic Relief Services, of which Maistrell and others are partners. Recently, we through Four Children we developed standard operating procedures, tools, and job aids to help promote this. We are also doing similar work within the new Changing the Way We Care project. A little bit about my personal experience as a social worker. I always love answering this question because it forces me to be really honest. And the truth is, although I've been involved in child protection and social work related work for more than a quarter of a century, I'm not actually a trained or professional social worker, and I say that with all respect and deference to social workers. However, I was raised by two social workers, and so I feel like through osmosis and a lifetime of dinner conversations about social work, uh, I do have it running through my system. Well, I can confirm that
0: you have the heart and the passion that it takes to be a social worker. Kelly, many of our listeners are trying to figure out how to even begin to set up a child-centered case management system. What would you say are the key elements of child-centered case management?
1: Before we delve into what the core principles are around child-centered case management, I did wanna make sure that all of the listeners have a shared understanding of how we define case management because I really do feel like that is a word or a term that is thrown around quite a bit in our sector. And I just think it's helpful to have a simple definition that all of us can understand and agree on. So when I talk about case management, I like to sort of broach it as a process of identifying, registering, or enrolling, and assessing um, cases. And then the next big step, I think, and sort of what is at the heart of case management is what we call assessment, and then developing a case plan that is informed by the assessment that we have done. And using that case plan, which I also like to sort of refer to as a roadmap, a case plan is is our roadmap of telling us where we're starting from and where we need to go. And so we have that case plan and we use that for ongoing monitoring. And then eventually, hopefully, the end result is uh, perhaps in this case, reintegration of the child into the family Family or preventing the child from separating, so strengthening the family. But in general, uh, a case management is a process with very clear steps, and each step typically has specific roles, standard operating procedures, and tools that are used.
0: Okay, great. That's really helpful. I appreciate you defining case management as a process with really clear steps. So what principles guide that process?
1: The first is that we really want to increase what I would say is is resiliency, and this can be for the child, but also the child and his or her family members. Uh, We really do want to work together with the child and the family members or whomever else is involved in this case and really increase their capacity to withstand some of the challenges that they're faced with and find ways to resolve those problems and work to a, a, a better place after after these services are received. The other one that I think is really, really critical is, and, and especially I think relevant to the work that Faith to Action and hopefully the the people listening to this is is about the importance of family-based care. This is at the heart of what we do and any case management process that's working with vulnerable children should keep this as sort of their end goal and, and direct the work that we do, whether it be a child who has been separated from families because of whatever reason or children that are in a family that might be at risk of separation, I think we always keep our eye on that um, prize of of how do we, whenever possible, and of course in the best interest of children, keep children within family-based care and target our case management to that end goal. I think another one is strengths-based. We use a strengths-based approach. Uh, We recognize that every human being, child, adult, adolescent, has strengths has positive things that we can build on. I think sometimes it's so hard in our line of work to f- to focus on the problems that we forget to see that families have uh, innate resources, whether it be um, the support of a church community and their faith, or it be a neighbor who helps with daycare. But being sure that we approach case management, recognizing and being intentional about recognizing the strengths as well as some of those needs.
0: Excellent. So I've heard increasing resiliency of families and children, prioritizing family-based care. I think you said pursuing the best interest of each child and then also taking
1: a strength-based approach. Really excellent. Is there anything else? We need to think about and consider in all decisions, all actions, all of the people that are involved in the process have to make sure that does not harm the child. There are certain protocols that we need to think about when we do work with children child protection policies, confidentiality, um, consent, and assent. Again, those are all very, very common. I think, principles and approaches that are used within social work that absolutely apply to the case management process. And again, just respecting and valuing the worth and dignity and strength of each child and his and her family and recognize that every child is individual and it's not a copy and paste situation. I think as social workers, we we know that, but it's always good to remind ourselves that there is value in, in every person and every family, even if they, they look different than, than what we're used to.
0: Thank you for teasing out some of those guidance principles for case management. Now, who is involved in the process of case management? What are kind of the different roles and responsibilities within case management?
1: When I talk about case management or I train people in this, I like to talk about sort of the case worker, and the case worker could be anyone that that is the front line they 're directly involved in doing a lot of the different steps of the case management process. They directly engage with the child and his or her family. They do the assessment, et cetera. So I think when we talk about in some of the contexts and the projects where we work, that could be anyone from a community volunteer to a parasocial worker or or even a a university-trained social worker. It could even be um, a staff at an orphanage. So, so really, when I talk about the caseworker, that's the, the person that's in the front line directly engaging with the child or family. And then another critical role or position, I should say, is what I would refer to as the case manager. And that is sort of a level above and that has more direct supervisory responsibility. They provide the oversight. They're supporting the case worker so that he or she is really able to do their job successfully, providing what we call supportive supervision. So that can take the form of mentoring or coaching, uh, reviewing cases, but ensuring that that quality is happening, ensuring that data collection is going well, and, and I think most importantly, really ensuring that the work that is being done by that caseworker with the family is adhering to and really reflecting some of those principles that I mentioned before. This is excellent. It's really
0: great for identifying what these case managers need to know and need to be aware of. Are there skills that can be helpful to be successful or effective as
1: a case manager? So, when we talk about what are some of the competencies needed, I want to start, I think, with that caseworker. And the caseworker is working directly with the child and with the family. And I think from a technical point of view, I think there's basic knowledge about child development, family dynamics, what I would say is alternative care. So for example, reintegration, uh, domestic adoption, foster care, etc. I think knowledge about what child abuse looks like and knowing how to both identify it and then report it or respond to it in the way that is appropriate. I think basic understanding of course of the case management process and his or her role in that and a really what I think is critical is an important understanding of who other actors or service providers are within the community. So sort of having in in their mind and, and through experience learning who some of those other organizations or service providers are that they might need to reach out to depending on the needs of the child or the family. I think, too, a basic understanding of the child welfare or child protection policy in that country. And so I also think sort of looking at social competencies, I would say first and foremost are good communication skills. It, it's so much of case management is about direct engagement with people and, and people who, who are often in vulnerable situations and, and emotionally fragile. And so really being good at engaging those people and building rapport and trust managing problems and conflicts. As I said, these can be really difficult situations. And caseworkers, when they are working with families who might have issues of uh, poverty or domestic violence or alcohol abuse, those are really sensitive subjects and can cause a lot of friction. And so knowing problem resolution, conflict resolution skills is, is critical. And I think as well relationship building skills i touched on that a little bit in terms of building rapport and trust because when we have the privilege of working with these children and families we also are in some ways asking them to invite us into their lives and to do so requires trust and when we're doing an assessment we also ask really personal questions and and if we hope to get honest answers it does require some kind of a relationship. And so I think knowing how to engage with people, being able to dedicate the time that's required to build those relationships, I think that's a huge skill. And and I think that that's, people with those skills, fortunately, are are often um, drawn to social work. I think as well, Social work and and child protection or, or alternative care can be really stressful and very emotional. It's hard to see children separated from families. It's difficult to see some of the families and the issues that they're dealing with. So having an ability to sort of take care of yourself or to know when it's too much and you need support, that's a huge one. And I think that In my many years of experience working in the field, that's an area where social workers aren't always great at knowing when it's too much and knowing when they themselves need to ask for help. So I think that's something that I would encourage all of us who are involved in this work to really take time and to be intentional about how we we think about and we plan for that.
0: Thank you for highlighting the importance of self-care in this field. I know it's so important. Can you talk a little bit about or describe the assessment process?
1: it's one of the most important parts of a strong case management process. And and when we talk about assessment, we really are talking about the process of identifying both the needs and the strengths of a specific individual and his or her family or community. An assessment, I think, should be based upon the assumption that each child has multiple strengths and needs. And as I, I I really do feel that this is critical, that we treat each child as an individual and we go into each assessment with a blank slate, knowing that that this assessment of child A is going to be different than it was with child B. I think when when it's interesting you say this because I, I think that with an assessment, if we go in recognizing that children are multifaceted beings and that they have a life within a family they have a life within a school they have a life within their neighborhood or their community or they have a life within an orphanage if that's where they are and understanding that and being really intentional about collecting information from key people that are involved in those different aspects of the child's life. So one of the things that we talk about when when we're doing an assessment is uh, we want to talk to the caregiver for sure. We want to ask questions about the child to that caregiver. And when I say caregiver, that could be a parent or it could be a primary caregiver such as a foster parent or uh, someone in the orphanage but someone who has the day-to-day engagement with that child when they're away from school so in the home for example we would also if possible talk to other key figures in that child's life so if there is a special auntie Or a grandmother that lives in the home. We'd want to engage them. And then if at all possible, we'd also um, work with the caregiver and potentially the child to identify, are there other people in that child's life that they feel particularly close to or that they feel could provide some helpful information about them. And so in some cases, it might be a teacher, it might be a pastor, or it might be a neighbor. And, and so we really do try to encourage taking the time to make sure that you are hearing the voices of, of not just one person, but, but of as many as you can, that could really help to, together, sort of bring that puzzle of the child together. One other thing that I think is is becoming more and more encouraged, especially in, in the international child welfare sector, is that we really do want to engage children in this process as much as we can. And so, for example... In the 4Children project where I work, we are developing case management assessment tools. And what we have done is we have uh, an assessment tool that is engages the caregiver and other adults and asks questions about a child who is 0 to 10. But for children who are 10 to 17, for example, we have designed an assessment tool that asks them questions directly, and so gives their voice the opportunity to be heard. And so that's one way that you can be really intentional. I think another example is something that we used in, in Guatemala a few years ago, where the social worker would do the assessment and spoke to the child, spoke to the parents, spoke to, I think at the time the child was in an orphanage, so talked to some key staff in the orphanage, Uh, And then what we did was held what we call a case conference and brought together the key people in that child's life the a teacher a counselor from the orphanage uh, a parent and then the social worker and we came together in a safe space and had an organized meeting where we talked about the assessment and used that as an opportunity for people to add any additional information that they might not have shared in the other visits and then From that meeting, we felt that we had a really thorough understanding of what the child had lived through, what the child's current situation was, and all of that information together helped inform the case plan, which was hopefully working towards what the child would eventually be living within. So I think there are different ways you can you can really you can develop specific tools you can host meetings where you bring in different stakeholders but i think what we're learning more and more and really trying to work towards over the last several years is making sure that when we do do an assessment, it's not just the voice of one person, but that we recognize and and hear and are intentional about collecting information from a range of people that are part and parcel of a child's life.
0: I really appreciate you highlighting the case conference idea. I do think that will be really helpful for some of our listeners. Do you think stepping into case management can feel intimidating for people and organizations, especially those who are just starting out or considering transitioning from residential care to supporting care for children and families? What can you tell them? How can they learn more?
1: There are a lot of user-friendly resources that are available free of charge online and, and really do, I think, summarize in a in a helpful uh, way, a lot of what we've been talking about today. So. As I mentioned, the Four Children Project has uh, a four-page sort of summary of what case management is for orphans and vulnerable children. That can be found on ovcsupport.org. There is a concepts and principles of case management document that is a really, really easy to read, great guide that's been developed by the Global Social Service Workforce Alliance. And that can be found on their website, along with another compendium of case management tools and guidance that was put together uh, to go with that case management document from the Global Social Service Workforce Alliance. And then when we talk specifically, I think, about alternative care and reintegration, another really great document is the Interagency Group on Reintegration Guidelines for Children's Reintegration, which includes a lot of information around case management specifically in the reintegration process. And that can be found online or on the Better Care Network.
0: Great. Well, I wish we could talk to you for hours, Kelly. You've been really helpful for me to understand some of the basic components of child-centered case management. Thank you so much for sharing with our audience. For those of you who are tuning in, if you want to learn more about case management or the work of Faith to Action, please visit our website at www.faithtoaction.org. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for joining us.